Hello, hello. This is the Drupal 7 End of Life podcast. I am here, Mark Dorison, today without Chris Free. Chris is on sabbatical, but I am joined by a special guest, Jen Lampton. Jen is a member of the Backdrop Project Management Committee. She's a provisional member of the Drupal security team. And that is super interesting on a number of levels, but we talk across some of these episodes about the Backdrop community and the Drupal community. And in addition to you know being a part of those communities, Jen is, is firmly in both of those communities and has been involved, especially with Backdrop since the earliest days. So welcome, Jen, first of all. First, thanks, thanks for having me. Absolutely. First off, I'm curious for those who maybe have heard the name Backdrop or maybe just know a little bit about it as it's come up for some of us much more frequently in the discussion around Drupal 7 end of life, but Backdrop has been around for a while. Can you give us a short version of the history of Backdrop? Sure. For those who don't know, Backdrop is a free open content management system, just like Drupal, and it has a very different audience. So when Drupal made the decision to sort of pivot towards enterprise and try and include a bunch of features and benefits to the enterprise audience, Backdrop said, we're going to go the other way. The enterprise already has a fantastic free open source content management system, but there are some people who are feeling left behind. And so how do we give all of those people the same features that they would need in a way that is more palatable to the way that they work? And so we tried to create a, a parallel product. So Backdrop and Modern Drupal have many of the same features included, many of the same improvements, but they're implemented in very different ways for each project because each audience has different priorities. And so Backdrop is essentially, what if you don't share priorities with enterprise software and still want a modern a more modern tool than Drupal 7 was. So back in the very beginning, Backdrop was born from um, basically two different perspectives. I'm an independent contractor, meaning most of the sites that I work on are not enterprise sites. They're small, usually local businesses, often nonprofits, mm -hmm. higher education, a lot of groups that don't necessarily have like a budget devoted to their website. They have a budget and they have to find parts of that to spend on their website. And for me, you know, I tend to have long-term relationships with so the websites that I work on, a lot of them started in Drupal 5. I have one I'm working on that started in Drupal 4.7. And I work with the clients and adapt their sites to whatever they need at any given time for their business. And every time we hit an upgrade in Drupal's history, 4.7 to 5, 5 to 6, 6 to 7, et cetera, there's always a pain point for them where they're like, oh, I have to make this investment because it's you know better software, but like, what do I get? For it out of my business. And in a lot of cases, we skipped an upgrade. I did a lot of five to seven. I did a lot of six to backdrop, right? Because they can't necessarily afford to keep up with the speed of the software development. Right. And so for those people, I knew when I was working on Drupal 8 core that I could not go back to them and feel good about presenting an estimate about what it would cost to get them to Drupal 8. I knew that these organizations weren't going to be able to afford it. I knew that a lot of the benefits that were going into Drupal 8 weren't going to benefit them. And it, it didn't feel good about being, I didn't feel good about selling it to them, about pitching it to it. And so I was like, well, what, what are these people going to do? Like when when we get there, what does their future look like? And, you know, I love Drupal. I've invested 
thousands of hours of my life in this platform, not only in the code, but in, you know, running community events. Like I ran the Bad Camp area, Drupal Camp for 10 years here. I was one of the organizers for DrupalCon San Francisco. It was just like countless hours and effort and passion into this platform. And I believe in it. Like Drupal 7 is good software. Granted, it's old now, right? It needs a lot of updates, but I still right. felt like it was a solid base for these people. And if we could move it forward in a way that benefited them, we could also have another good open source software platform. And Nate, my now husband, ran a software as a service platform. He was the maintainer for a web form module, and he had a website called webform.com where you could create web forms. And then not only was your data fully exportable, which you can't get from like SurveyorMonkey or anything, mm -hmm. but you could also download download a whole Drupal website that would then run your data, right? So not only is your data like free, but your software platform is also free. And so it was very much like you can do whatever you want with this. If you start with 10 forms, now you have a website with 10 forms and you can do it yourself. And he was looking at what is it going to take for him as someone who provides software as a service and is vested heavily in the Drupal 7 platform to move his service to the next version. And he was looking at like the cost benefit and for him, there's like, there's no benefit. What he gets mm. out is exactly what he put in. And those clients get nothing new. Like all of his customers get nothing new for that investment. And so he, from two, these very two different perspectives, me, where it's like, I'm working with the little guys with the little investments. And he's looking at the big scale with the big investment. And both of us came to like, we need another option for Drupal. And for me, I was very busy working on the Twig initiative at the time. So I was like, well, we'll just see where, where Drupal lands. Like, you know, this, this is important. I'm going to do this now. Right. And when Drupal gets somewhere else, we can make a decision. And for him, he was working on getting CK Editor into core. And it just hit him when he had a patch that was marked ready to be committed. And then Symphony went in. Mm -hmm. And his patch that was ready to be committed needed to be entirely rewritten. And he just got a flash forward of like, okay, so all of core is being entirely written. All of contrib is going to need to be entirely rewritten. All of the custom code is going to need to be entirely rewritten. That's too much. And right. so he just sort of went off to GitHub and like just tinkered a little bit about like what could it look like if it was a more modern version of Drupal 7 without some of these more drastic changes. And of course, people in the Drupal community found it. And he was like, well, I wasn't really ready to say anything. It was just an experiment. But then he had to write like a, a blog post sort of explaining the necessity for this like parallel piece of software. So both of us came to it from you know, very different personal experiences, but sort of thinking about the needs of the community and trying to say like, you know, I have people in the Drupal community who I'm serving and he has people he's serving and how, how do we make sure that everybody gets a solution for their future? And after it came out, we were working on this, we had like this huge <laughs> pouring of interest where some people were like very upset Right. And they were like, why is this happening? How could you do this? What have you? And some people were like, yes, finally, <laughs> they're very excited. And so in the beginning, we had a whole bunch of people who came to it with, you know, their own motivations and drivers, a bunch of people who'd been in the Drupal community for a very long time, a handful of people who'd never contributed in Drupal because they felt they weren't needed and came to Backdrop and said, oh, finally, here's a you know a community where I can make a big difference and jumped right in. So to set the table a little bit, we've talked a lot in past episodes about why we're here and why we're having this discussion. The Drupal 7 is scheduled to reach end of life. There's still approximately 400,000 sites that are still on Drupal 7. So, and also, you know, I'm, I stole this from Arena, 
but Arena talked about how you know both Backdrop and modern Drupal are both descendants of Drupal 7. So, and they've diverged. You talked a little bit just now about some of the priorities for you and Nate and others early in Backdrop. Like, what were the priorities and how were those priorities different than the direction that modern Drupal went? Now, I would say that today, I believe that modern Drupal is a great CMS. And I believe Backdrop is a great CMS and they serve different people with different priorities. I think the problem that we're talking about and you highlighted quite well is, you know, some number of those 400,000 people that are in some ways stuck on Drupal 7, where they built a site on a platform that was great at the time. And now it's just quite long in the tooth. And how do we get them to a supported version of some software, whether that is modern Drupal, whether that is Backdrop, or you know, whether that is something else? What's changed for Backdrop? You know, jumping around a little bit, but you you highlighted the priorities for you know Backdrop at the beginning has very much changed. Ten years and has it been ten years. Yeah, so when we originally came up with our announcement, we had to sort of think about like how did Drupal end up where it is, right? And a bunch of us went and dug around in Drupal's history and found like their philosophy page. And we looked at what was written on the page and we looked at Drupal 8 and we're like, some of this doesn't line up anymore. The philosophy mm-hmm. page was very old, right? And so it was the kind of thing where it's like the, the community has evolved past what this page says on it. So there are a lot of people in the community who doesn't really know what Drupal's like modern philosophy is. Like right now, it's like getting off the island. There's a bunch of stuff that just wasn't even you know thought of when that page was written. Right. And so we thought, well, you know, some of us are really more in line with the philosophies that were written in previous previous iterations of Drupal whenever that page was first written. And what would it look like if modern Drupal stuck to those? And so we thought, well, okay, well, if we write down the same list, what's to stop Backdrop from becoming Drupal 8 too, right? Like, how do we keep our project in line with our goals? And so we wrote down our philosophy. We wrote down the things that we thought were most important. Number one, based on where we're starting off, was that backwards compatibility is important. With the thing that made, you know, Drupal change, some things were really hard between major versions. Like just for the history of Drupal, this has always been a pain point. It's our number one um, priority. And we wrote down a bunch of other things and we said, okay, well, in order to make sure Backdrop sticks to this, we need like a governing body that is capable of evaluating all of the changes that are going into core and not measuring them on whether I want this change in core or not, which is a lot of what happens in Drupal. There are a lot of people arguing their own perspective of things, but are they capable to look at the feature and look at the priority set and say, is this in line with the philosophy? So they're coming to it with their own perspective and their own, we call them like a constituent, like they have to represent some group of the community and they have, you know, we trust their expertise to weigh in on that, but they still compare it against the philosophy of the project. And when we get to a point where we feel like the philosophy needs to change, our process is to change the philosophy first and then put in the change in core that now aligns with the philosophy. And so since we wrote the philosophy, I don't think anything that's on there has changed, but we have added new principles into what's important to backdrop. And one of the ones that we've added most recent is security, something that's really important to us. And that's come up you know, through the history of what's happened to Drupal, how the projects collaborate, how we handle those issues and trying to get more 
features in decor that are going to benefit people who might not know any better, right? So trying to like protect people who yeah. like wouldn't know to go and install a specific module in order to get those benefits. So yeah, just again, it, the way our philosophy works is in some ways really different to how Drupal says Drupal development is often driven by like core developers identifying big needs and putting in things. And for us, we're saying, look, like what core developers need is not important right. and what contrib developers need is fairly important, but what people, the people who have the highest needs are the people who are less capable of doing those things for themselves. Like they can't write a module. They can't submit something to core to fix a bug. We have to take care of those people first. And once their needs are met, then we can look at what the contrib community needs to support that community. And then we can look at what the core community needs to support the contrib community to support that community. So we're just flipping it around and thinking about it the opposite uh, direction. And so some of our new principles have been added are specifically to foster that sort of backwards mentality of thinking about the people who need the help the most first. One of the unique challenges to the situation that we're in with 400,000 sites still on Drupal 7, I believe is because it's such a hard transition off of Drupal 7, both it, especially with a lot of custom code. And I think what you just mentioned is something that's been knocking around in my head is that the people that are most suited to make that transition easier to build further tooling that could to help that transition have long since moved on from Drupal 7 and I don't particularly blame them for that this is a open source community and we're working on many people are you know contributing their own time to working on things that move the needle for them but it's a unique challenge I think the people that are still on Drupal 7 I'm painting with a broad brush here, but are maybe not as a whole the the folks most well suited to create the next groundbreaking tool that will make getting off Drupal seven easier, especially at this point down yep. down the road. Yeah, does that track for you? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Like the early adopters, right? Those are the ones that had to fight those early battles to make that transition. They're already there. They, you know, they fought, they built the bridge, they crossed it. And the people who are back on the other side are looking at the bridge going, I don't know, I don't know if I, that'll support me anymore, mm -hmm. right? It's just maybe not the same path that they need to take to get there. Yeah, that's definitely something that's on our mind constantly because one of the things that makes Drupal an amazing piece of software is that it is infinitely flexible and you can do so many things with it. But that means that everybody's experience of going across that bridge is gonna be really different. And it's hard to guarantee that be a smooth transition because we don't know what the starting point is for many of these people. And so a migration tool allows you to make that a custom experience every time, right? Like you take whatever you had in Drupal 7 and you build the pathway to wherever you're going, whether it's Drupal 10 or WordPress or wherever you're going, you can create right. that custom experience. But it does require a level of like technical expertise to do that. And when with Backdrop, we don't have a migration path. It's an upgrade the same way Drupal 6 to 7 went. So hopefully a lot less painful than that. But we're trying to automate as much of that process as possible. But with an infinite starting point, it does make it really hard. How do you make that pain less severe for all of those people? We're trying. We've got a lot of tools too. We're trying to you know, help with information. We're trying to help with instructions. We're trying to help with the actual process of doing the upgrade. We're trying to help connecting people who don't know how to do it with people who do know how to do it. It's just, we're, but it's, it's, there's so much 
that could possibly happen in that transition, that it is very hard to guarantee that that's going to be easy. You, you mentioned this before a little bit, but like future versions of Drupal, right, have promised that this upgrade path is going to be easier, like eight to nine, nine to 10, et cetera. Future versions of Backdrop have also done the same thing. Like, you know, Backdrop 2 will just deprecate, remove all the stuff that was deprecated in Backdrop 1. And we have a bunch of stuff that's deprecated that's on the chopping block. And, and I think that, you know, both projects have learned this lesson, right? And some, you know, we've learned it through Drupal. They've yeah. learned it through modern Drupal. But yeah, just the same, the same sort of thing. It's always going to be hard. And we've got to find a way to make that easier for everyone going forward. Would you have guessed 10 years ago when when Backdrop was created that Drupal 7 would not yet have reached end of life in 2023? We saw this coming, right? We knew that people on Drupal 7 were going to have a really hard time moving to Drupal 8. I don't know that I would have predicted that Drupal 8 would have been end of life by now. I think I would have anticipated that the number of sites that are on Drupal 7 today would still be on Drupal 7. I don't know that I would have known what the security team would have done about that in terms of continuing to extend support to those people. So I probably would have imagined it'd be more like Drupal 6, where we would have a long-term support option and half the sites would be on Drupal 7 long-term support. And, you know, some percentage of them would be abandoned entirely and some of them would be maintaining them themselves. So that's sort of what I envisioned. What do you think we should be doing differently for the 400,000 folks 400,000 sites that are still on Drupal 7, you know, especially in the first couple episodes of the podcast, Chris and I sort of wrestled with, you know, this idea of Drupal 7's end of life as uh, something that has to be done. I think there's certainly different ways that it can be approached. And I think already the Drupal community has tried approaching it a couple different ways and, and has extended it a couple times already, some of which partially due to COVID, but now it is slated for November, 2023. There is an escape hatch that they could change their minds by July. If that does happen, I expect it will happen next month at DrupalCon. But that aside, even if, you know, to me, even if they extend it another year, that's just moving the date. We're still going to be in a similar situation, but should our strategy or our tactics change beyond the date? Like, what are we doing that we could be doing differently, do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a really hard question. I feel like in the backdrop world, we're very much focusing on making the upgrade process easier for people. Like, we actually forked from a really early version of Drupal 8. In hindsight, we would have forked from like the latest release of Drupal 7, but we forked from an early version of Drupal 8 and we already got some API changes in there that are breaking changes. And so what we're trying to do is going back and like adding the backwards compatibility in that wasn't included in early Drupal 8, where changes like that in backdrop always include backwards compatibility, but there are some pain points. There are things that change that we're like, well, you know, this is something that everyone who's upgrading triple seven is going to hit this issue with entity API or whatever it was that like, didn't quite get sorted out. And so we're trying to figure out like, okay, well, if we can fix that for everyone, the upgrade process is going to be smoother. If we can, you know, add in new properties on old objects or whatever it is, more procedural wrapper functions for all of the object oriented code that's in backdrop, just stuff that can help that process get easier in a way that it'll affect 
that people who are using contrib, because that's the biggest question mark is, you know, we can do everything we can for core, but no one's running a Drupal site on core alone. Maybe some people are very few, very few. And so, yeah, like trying to make that process either trying to make the information easier, like how do you know, especially from a, you know, we've got a massive community of Drupal developers who don't know how similar backdrop is to Drupal. So how do we build them a report that'll show them like where the effort is needed in order to move the site. Like they've never done it before. They don't know if it's going to be easy or hard. And it is until they have some experience that they start to get confident in those estimate numbers. Right. So how yep. can we make that process easier for them? So I think for us, it's very much about like, how do we get the information across and, and make it as similar as possible and then tell people as <laughs> similar as the two steps that are around. I would say for Drupal, they're also doing a lot of work on trying to make it easier with the like, you know, migration tools of Drupal to Drupal migrate that's trying to, you know, build some of those paths. But there's also just a lot of the way that things are done in modern Drupal that's different than how they were done in Drupal 7. And those are seen as improvements and they don't necessarily have upgrade paths in the same way. You have to build them differently. Like you have to think about the problem differently and solve it differently. And so I would, I would say that would I would see as the biggest pain point in moving from Drupal to modern Drupal, Drupal 7 to modern Drupal, is that some of those things just you you have to know what they are. <laughs> and yeah. then you have to figure out how to, like what is the modern way to think about that and then how to build just come up with some way to get from your old solution to your new solution. Yeah. And because of the migration a lot of them don't have upgrade paths cuz people are like, "Oh, it's no problem. I'll just build it new." But if you don't know that, like the Drupal to Drupal migrate is great because it sort of builds the Drupal modern Drupal piece that you don't know about. But for the stuff that doesn't have that already, that that I think is going to be the biggest pain pain point for people. Like if we could give people examples of like how to get off of field collection or whatever <laughs> you know right. they were doing in Drupal seven, that would be really beneficial. Do you think that it sounds? It's not surprising that you think Backdrop is a great solution for people who find themselves stuck on Drupal 7 and like the way Drupal 7 is serving them. Maybe they are comfortable in developing, comfortable developing in Drupal 7 in the way that Drupal 7 is architected. Do you think that Backdrop has reached its full potential as far as not on the technology side, but as far as reaching those folks and, you know, capturing that part of the of the pie of, of folks that are still in Drupal 7? I don't know that that's necessarily a priority. Like Backdrop is essentially Drupal 7. And if you'd written any custom code in Drupal 7, it's probably just going to work on Backdrop. You might have to change from variables to config, but that's usually the extent of the changes that are required. That can't, you know, there's so much of what you can do in Backdrop that you can do either way. Like you can write block objects or you can write, block hooks, like however you wanted to build your block, like we can do it the modern way or we can do it the old way. And I don't think we need to be adding more things the old way. Like our new features all go in the modern way. And so what we're trying to do is build sort of a bridge to get people from this is the way you did things in Drupal. Here's a new API for backdrop works a little differently. And so then they're like, oh, well, maybe I'll build a layout plugin and then, oh, this is object-oriented and they've accidentally learned <laughs> how to do object-oriented right. code, which is a very different approach than Drupal that's like, oh, we're just going to adopt modern principles 
for everything, assuming we can get people who are like college educated computer scientists in here, right? Which is, it's a, a valid thing, especially for enterprise who's got an army of college educated computer scientists in yep. their dungeon, right? Working on all of their other stuff. It makes sense to make that transition. But for us, we're, we've just got people. They're just people yeah. maybe you've never done programming before, but they, you know, opened a file and tinkered with it. And they're like, oh, I can do this. So how do we get those people slowly moved along the track to it? So in terms of like, I don't know that there is an end in potential, like wherever the internet's going to go, it's going to go and we're going to follow, right? It's the same yeah. thing for Drupal, same thing for us. It's just our audience is a little different. Like we're reaching people some of them know how to code. Some of them don't know how to code and do it anyway. And how do we make sure that those people can meet their goals? Like, how right. can we help them? And so we have we have a, a very different sort of spectrum on what we're working with and trying to make things approachable and easy to learn. And that's a, a higher priority to us than you know, like making all of the code object oriented. Well, full disclosure for me, I did study computer science in college. So it's probably unsurprising that there are some pieces of more modern Drupal where I'm like, oh, this is more feels natural to me and like yeah. comfortable. But I want to highlight, recognize that I'm not beyond the idea that I am not everyone. And, you know, each of those things might suit different people in different ways. Yeah. I'm also thinking, though, about maybe someone who is not even writing a line of code, but they are responsible for a, a site that is on Drupal 7 or, a, you know, many sites that are on Drupal 7. Yep. And, you know, we've talked a lot in previous episodes about, well, here are some different options that you have. You know, one of them is getting to modern Drupal and some of the challenges that are, which is why we're even, why this is even a conversation to be having. If it was easy, we wouldn't be here. You know, backdrop as an option and even other open source or other tools as options. But as someone who is, you know, working within backdrop on the, the backdrop project management committee, is backdrop like for you? Are you like, this is the answer? Like all of these folks, for the folks that they want, they like the Drupal 7 approach. Like, is it a no brainer to you? Is it a slam dunk that they should be coming to backdrop? Yeah. But from my perspective, like I know backdrop, like I know its limitations. I know its benefits. And I also know that if I hit a limitation, I can fix it mm. where I feel like there are some people who have less experience of both platforms might feel like they don't know if they can fix it here, but like maybe Drupal has a tool for it. And so they might feel more comfortable with a Drupal solution for the people who are maybe not coders in maintaining a bunch of Drupal 7 sites. There are a lot of things that we've added to Backdrop to support that role, like automatic, maybe not automatic updates, manual updates. There's a button in core that says update yeah. core and you push it in core updates, right? We've added package management into backdrop itself right so rather than needing composer to manage your packages your module includes the library and the specific version it needs and it manages its own packages and you use the module user interface to like update your module or install your module or whatever it is you don't have to leave your website so we're trying to sort of solve the same problems that are solved in modern drupal but for that audience like for the person who just clicks buttons in the interface of their website we want to make it as easy as possible for them to stay on top of updates going forward so that's the core updates that's the contrib updates modules stuff whatever you need major version updates we're going to have a 
button there for them to push. And that doesn't mean that you can't manage your site in Composer or however else you want to do it, but you are smart enough to figure out how to do that on your own. So sure. us in core are not going to support that. We're like, that's fine. You got this covered. People who need the most help are the people who need the buttons. And so that's how we're trying to help them through the process. That said, you know, you're on Drupal 7, you don't have the update to backdrop button, right? So the hardest point is getting from Drupal into backdrop. And then from then on, you will have that support you need to, to carry on. I think with Drupal, it's a little different for those people because you can't necessarily run a Drupal 8 site in the same place you ran your Drupal 7 site, right? You have to have different infrastructure. You have to have more modern versions of everything. Now, hopefully everyone is updating their versions of PHP anyway. Yeah. But the reality is that like most of the internet is old internet. And so most hosting providers do support very old legacy versions of the PA. The good ones patch them and they keep them secure. When new issues come out, they will take care of them. But a lot of people just want to like drop in replacement for their Drupal 7 site and update it. Some people right. do that in production, scares me, but that's, you know, WordPress people do that all the time and they're, they yep. have a specific comfort level with just make a backup and do it, see what happens. And if mm. you know, just restore the backup and it's totally fine. WordPress runs a lot of the internet. <laughs> people have been figuring out how to do that for a long time. And so we're sort of trying to look at, you know, backdrop runs on PHP 8. It also runs on PHP 5.6, right? So like if you are, if you, if you have a Drupal site running on an old platform, you should be able to drop in backdrop and do your upgrade right there. Uh, so that's kind of what we're looking at too. I think one of the confusing, sometimes confusing pieces of these communities, you know, even as someone who's been a part of it for part of the Drupal community for close to 15 years or so, is we talk about, you know, the Drupal community, the backdrop community, these other communities, but being an open source community, like, you know, any of us can be part of these communities. You can go create an account on Drupal.org and congratulations, you are a part of the Drupal community and you can submit a patch or a merge request and like make a case for a change. So I want to highlight that when asking, you know, especially as someone who's a mem clearly a member of both communities, you know, what is the level of responsibility that the Drupal community should feel for these folks on Drupal 7, what should we be, should we be doing more for them? And how important to that is that to Drupal as a product, the Drupal brand, the Drupal name? Yeah. So something that I think you guys talked about in one of your really early episodes was, is it harmful to Drupal's reputation, the state we're in now and whatever decision we make in the future? Like, how do you not harm the reputation of Drupal? And I think that, you know, what, half of all Drupal 7 sites are still there. Uh, I don't know why, right? Like, every one of them probably has their own reason for that. We can guess at what most of those are. But not taking care of those people, I think, is more harmful to the community than continuing to just move on with modern Drupal and ignore them. Now, I don't know what taking care of those people looks like, right? Like on the security team, I know what we've been talking about. I'm, you know, listened to the long-term support option the way Drupal 6 had it. I don't know why that didn't work out for Drupal 7 in the same way, but I feel like there has to be some way to take care of those people. Obviously, 
I like to think the backdrop is one way of taking care of those people. But I would love to see something in the Drupal community where those people don't feel quite so abandoned. I know that they have been feeling abandoned from personal experience. The people I've talked to anyway have been feeling abandoned. But yeah, I just, I don't know because of the like massive shift in audience, if there is a way to unabandon them. Right. Like we're at a point now where we've already made these technical decisions to move in this specific direction and like bolting on things like project browsers and afterthought doesn't bring them back. Like it doesn't undo the fact that they have to run composer to install their site or like there's just things that like, like, yes, we're trying to fix that problem in different ways, but we've already told them we don't care about them. And so going back now and being like, never mind, we actually, we don't want to lose you. So we're going to try. It's just hard to like, hard to recover from that damage. I feel like continuing to support the Drupal 7 platform, like you talked about before, it's, it's both good and bad, right? Like we don't want to be there forever. The Drupal security team has a lot of work to do on modern Drupal, like continuing to backport solutions is not something they want to do. It's something we're working on in Backdrop. We're trying to like take over a little bit of that burden, but there's just a lot, you know, there's a lot (laughs) going on. And I would love to be able to see the Drupal community focus on what the Drupal community wants to focus on, which is modern Drupal. But how do you do that? Not leaving these people behind. I don't know. Is it, is it, can you recover from where we Mm -hmm. are now? I feel like, unfortunately, we've gotten to a point where all of these people who are feeling abandoned are looking at other options that aren't Drupal. They might even not be free open source software anymore. Like we might have like sort of soiled their experience in such a way that they want something they know is going to be maintained. And if that's proprietary software and they just pay them annual fee or whatever it is, they're willing to do that now. Where when they moved on to Drupal, it was a very different pitch where it was just like, this is free. You can save so much money and work with, we're going to collaborate and everyone does it together. And if they just made the shift on to Drupal when Drupal was first becoming enterprise in Drupal 7 with all of these promises, and then immediately got burned with the move to Drupal 8, they might be like, maybe that wasn't the right thought. And that's the opposite of what I want. It's like an open source person. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's still good over here. It's still good. We have, you know, we just have to do it together. And, you know, I have a handful of sites running on Backdrop. I have a handful on Drupal 9. And I have a handful that are still on Drupal 7. And it, those people keep coming to me and being like, what do we, should we, what do, we do? Like, what are our options? Right. When do we do it? How do we, when, like, we've got to save up to do it. Like, should we start saving now? How much do we need? And I keep telling them, look, there's 400,000 sites in your exact same position, wherever you want to go, we're going to do it together, right? Like even if it's not all 400,000 people going the same place, there's still going to be a community of people moving to Backdrop, a community of people moving to WordPress, a community of people moving to whatever you want to go to. There's going to be some people doing it and we're going to be able to follow the trail on Stack Overflow or wherever they are. I think that that gives people a little bit of confidence in that there's still benefit and collaboration, maybe not what they originally envisioned, but like, I don't know, still, still, we can still do it together. So the, I mean, even from a product perspective, you know, when Drupal seven was released, the landscape was completely different. So, you know, there were just simply not as many options available for folks. And if they wanted to do any number of things with their site, Drupal was maybe the best or only option for some of those scenarios, or at least a group of a small few set of options. 
now, I mean, the, the web is uh, more mature, the, the product options are much more numerous. So even from that perspective, there's a certain group of sites, I think that whatever's gone on in the Drupal community aside, if they were being created today, they might not select Drupal. Drupal might not be the one and only fit to serve yeah. their need. I think that that's okay. And yeah. you know that's reality. But I think the sites where if they're being created today, Drupal is still the best fit for them. It's It would be really disappointing if Drupal is not selected because, because of some kind of soiling of Drupal's reputation because of this, or because for large organizations, if Drupal is not in the same place in the Gartner quadrant, I don't even know what that means exactly, but I know it <laughs> matters very in a very big way to some people. I think for, for all of those perspectives and many more, that's why these folks that are on Drupal 7 still and, and feeling in some way that they're being left left to, I mean, they were always kind of fending for themselves in a way, but really feeling unsupported, I guess, would be a, a good way to describe it, is most concerning to me. From the perspective of, you know, these communities, these communities that anyone can be a member of, but let's point out too that there are people that are very involved. They Their opinions carry a lot of sway. There's also groups within these organizations that do have control in some ways, like the security team, like the backdrop project management committee, like the Drupal association or Dries as the project lead. Is there an opportunity for collaboration between those groups on the backdrop side and the Drupal side to work together in some way? And, and I don't know necessarily what that way is. I don't want to imply that it's a technical way or not, or a marketing like, but there's a lot of different options here. I'm curious if those discussions ever happen or if you see those as a potential for positive change. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we've been sort of trying to collaborate with the Drupal community since the very beginning. Like, you know, we had conversations with Drupal leadership even before we announced the fork and we're like, Hey, like, what if we did like a Drupal light or like, sure. a, you know, Drupal, whatever. Yeah. And I understand at the time why the decision was no, right? You know, they had a lot of work to do on Drupal 8 and distracting anyone from that would have been uh, detrimental to the Drupal project. So I get it. But like now we're in a point where we're like, okay, well, we have the same goal here. We have 400,000 Drupal 7 sites and we want to help these people. How do we do that together? And we have had conversations with Drupal leadership today, Drupal association members, people in the Drupal community who make decisions, security team. Like There's a lot of places where we're talking to people, but the problem is we don't know how that how to do that, right? <laughs> or like, yeah. where is the place we can work together? Is it in marketing? Are we building like Drupal dot org advertisements for backdrop like that goes against the Drupal Association's mission. Like sure. there's just stuff that like you can't, you, it just doesn't make sense. You know, working together technically is hard because they're on GitLab and we're on GitHub and like, mm -hmm. how do you transfer a pull request from one to the other or rebase? I don't know, but there's a lot of complicated issues where we don't really know how to make that work together. We have both sides have acknowledged that we have a goal in common and we want to figure out how we can take care of these people. We don't, you know, we both have 
also conflicting thoughts about what might be the best solution for these people, you know, in the Drupal community, it's like, well, how do we get them from Drupal 7 to Drupal 10? And the backdrop are like, how do we get them from Drupal 7 to backdrop, right? And so even though we have the same goal in helping them, like our recommended solutions are different. So trying to give people like a decision tree might be valuable mm -hmm. where you're like, if your site does this, you should go to Squarespace. <laughs> if your right. site does this, you should go to WordPress. Like how do, how do people make that decision, right? And of course, anything that's not Drupal in that decision tree is against Drupal Association's mission. So it's it's really hard to figure out how to how to work together. But yes, everyone in the backdrop community is open to these conversations. We've been having them with various people. We still haven't gotten to a place where we have a collaborative thing we're doing other than the security team. And the security team, our security teams have been collaborating for a very long time. We co-release security releases of Drupal and Backdrop on the same day when there's an issue that affects both platforms. I have been trying to help with other issues that maybe don't even affect Backdrop to you know try and earn some goodwill. We have our own team that fields a lot of have reports of potential security issues on the backdrop side, and we handle them internally in our own private process too. If they also affect Drupal, we'll check to see if there's a Drupal issue, or if there's not, we might open one, or if Drupal has made a decision about that issue, that might come back into the backdrop community. So we are trying to sort of transmit information and work together in that way. But that is like the easiest place we can collaborate. Right? Yeah. And saying that the security team is the easiest place to collaborate really sort of puts into perspective how hard it is to find something very tangible that we can do immediately that benefits both projects and all of the people who are still in Drupal 7. But one thing you mentioned that sticks with me is that despite the difference in missions between the two organizations, we're both facing the same concern, the same threat. It's these the 400,000 sites that are still on Drupal 7. They are a, a risk to, to both groups. And where do we go next? What, what's the next step in, these, in this hard moment, in this challenging yeah. moment? Well, I mean, I think it, it's the same thing it's been for Backdrop for a while, which is continue to build in backwards compatibility where it had been removed in early versions of Drupal 8, continue to provide more information, more examples, more assistance for people doing upgrades, maybe more content about people who have successfully done upgrades like Stanford University moved a bunch of their heavily customized Drupal 7 sites onto Backdrop, and they saved hundreds of thousands of dollars over what it would have been to move to modern Drupal, mostly because of their very large investment into custom code. And having these success stories of people who are like, wow, like now we were able to put all this money towards other things that are important to our organization. Um, uh, ha having people who've gone through that and had a really good experience, I think, you know, Backdrop is a much smaller community than the Drupal community. We don't have a lot of people like blogging about that sort of thing. So trying to get that kind of information out is really important for us. Another thing that's really fascinating to us is that there is such a large portion of the Drupal community that doesn't know we exist, right? Like I think it was in one of your first or second podcast, you said you guys had never done a backdrop upgrade and you didn't know it was involved. And I was like, how do these like Drupal agencies not know? And I feel like Back when Backdrop first forked, everyone kind of heard about it. And then everybody was sort of just was like, oh, well, you know, Drupal's going this way, so I'm going to do that. And then once you've learned that, 
the incentive to learn the in alternative is no longer really a priority, right? Where you're like, well, we right. know how to go this way now. We've, we've learned all of the pitfalls. And you build whatever. expertise in a certain right. way and it becomes comfortable and yeah, completely. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, well, you know, all of these Drupal agencies that have been doing all of this Drupal 7 work whatsoever, everyone on their team has all the skills they need to work on Backdrop. Like they don't have to learn very much, <laughs> but like they just don't want to, right? They don't need to. I don't know, whatever the reason is. But I think, I think there's like a question of specialization too. Like if you were saying, you know, I could imagine someone saying like, we're a backdrop agency and we specialize yes. in getting people from Drupal 7 to backdrop, for example. Yeah. The other scenario is like, well, we've got all these sites on modern Drupal. And then is it worth, you know, while to pitch a project you know, a migration to backdrop, and then we're maintaining one, you know, snowflake of a backdrop site with all of our other modern Drupal sites. Does the tooling that we've created internally, does that work with that? Do we need to change it? Things like that. So there's momentum there for sure, but I don't think that's in any way, you know, passing judgment on backdrop as a, you know, viable or even great solution for some of these sites. What I'm hoping is that now that we're reaching this point where people really have to make a decision about what they're going to do with their Drupal 7 sites, that reason to re-examine backdrop is back on the table, right? Yep. Where for the past few years, for the sites that couldn't afford it or weren't sure, you said, well, we'll just wait and see, right? You, you're supported. You're fine. We'll wait and see. And so everybody's learned what it's necessary to build new sites in Drupal and move to modern Drupal and all of this stuff. And you have that information and you've been able to carry on as a successful business doing that. And now all of a sudden you have to worry about these Drupal 7 clients that haven't moved yet. And you have to think like, do we want to maintain these sites, right? Like if they're not going to move to Drupal, is it worth while for us to learn something new or not learn something new, <laughs> rework on something old, whatever. Or should we say our business is in enterprise Drupal and we don't want to do that, anything else. And I've seen a lot of agencies specifically make that move where they're like, we don't need other business. Like there's so much business in enterprise Drupal and we've already got a good client base and we can continue getting new, new work in this area that we don't need it. But I think that the number of people who are in that position is fairly small. And that's part of what we're seeing is reflected in the number of Drupal 7 sites, right? Like all of the Drupal 7 sites that were managed by these companies that have these skills have moved because they can, right? right. <laughs> They've moved on. And the ones that can't, those are the ones that have been, you know, built by the people who aren't developers or the agencies that are WordPress and Drupal, maybe never super experts in Drupal, but could use Drupal. But now they're looking at modern Drupal and they're like, oh, that doesn't work anything like my WordPress stuff. So they're in the same boat. Do I want to support this Snowflake Drupal Enterprise site? Or do I want more stuff that fits in with my WordPress flow? Or they're independent contractors. Like there's not very many independent contractors who do modern Drupal because they can get a good high paying job at an agency right. and work remotely, right? And so trying to find an independent contractor to work for a few hours on a site is also really hard for mm -hmm. organizations that don't do that themselves anymore. And so they're also stuck in trying to figure out where they're going to go to. And so I think some of what we're seeing now is these 
400,000 Drupal 7 sites have to make a decision. They're going to go to their developers if they have them, or they're going to do the research on themselves if they don't, and they're going to see what the options are. And I'm hoping that that will encourage some of these Drupal agencies, like your own that hasn't done this before, to say, you know, we really like this client. Maybe they have four, you know, modern Drupal sites, but they also have four Drupal 7 sites that don't need that platform. We can serve all of those needs within the skills we already have in our team, and that would become a new option. I also would like to think that some of these people who don't like Drupal 7 because it's years old will try Backdrop and go, oh, they fixed all those things I didn't like about Drupal 7. So yes, it's still based on the old way that Drupal did things, but we've added in stuff for those people too, right? There's, you know, configuration management. I love configuration management. It makes everything so fast Absolutely, on modern yeah. development platforms. Right? Backdrop has that. We have object-oriented development. You want to write stuff as objects? You can't. That's fine. You can build all your things that way. You don't have to because your old Drupal 7 stuff will still work. If you don't want to make that investment in rewriting it, you don't have to. But if you would rather write new stuff that way, you can't. So I think it's just something where a lot of people who haven't looked at backdrop since think it's Drupal 7, <laughs> right? right? It, it's not. It's Drupal 7 plus 10 years of improvements. It's just a different priority set than where Drupal 8 went. And so it's, you know, we still have the same features, right? You know, a lot of the same stuff that's in Drupal core is in backdrop core. It's just implemented slightly differently. Like our config is in JSON because it's 60 times faster. Our, you know, their config is in YAML because they need YAML anyway for a bunch of other stuff. Like it's just decisions were made differently because we had different priorities and it's the same problem has been solved. And so I'm hoping that there's a bunch of people, I work on a couple of teams. There's a bunch of people on my teams who are like, I don't like triple seven, but give me a backdrop site. I really want to work on it because it, it is different enough. Hopefully it's also the same enough that you don't have to, retrain your editors it's just like oh this is slightly easier than before right like slightly more intuitive for your site architect roles we've made a lot of improvements to views and fields and layouts and added new tools everywhere and permission handling and stuff that should make it much easier for that person too so yeah i don't know i would encourage everyone who hasn't looked at backdrop in the last 10 years to have a look because it's not it's not triple seven okay last question you mentioned earlier you know, discussions that happened near the early days of Backdrop. You even mentioned discussions around calling it Drupal Lite or something like that. Do you think having the name Drupal in the title, or or in this case, not having Drupal in the title, not being called Drupal Lite, not being called Backdrop, a Drupal descendant or, you know, whatever it is. Do you think if, if it did have that in the title, that it would make a big difference? Like, is that a big barrier for recognition and discoverability or even the feeling of security? Like not, not technical security, but a feeling of like, oh, I'm moving to, you know, I'm not switching platforms here. This is a part of the same platform and family. Yeah. I'm a little ambivalent about that because it's not <laughs> right mm-hmm. and so saying that it is would be a little misleading and trying okay. to figure out like you know even if it did become part of the family it would operate so differently than the rest of the family that i'd still feel like that would be misleading and so i think just naming it drupal you know yes it would allow us to be more recognizable and people would be like oh it's drupal i trust drupal therefore i trust backdrop but at the same time as soon as they look at it 
or use it or, you know, maintain it for a while, we break that trust, right? Because it's not what they thought it was. Mm. And I'm concerned about that. When we first started talking about name, trademark, what have you, I was very much in the boat that like, we need this to prove that we're, I don't know, real or whatever it was. And a whole bunch of people in the backdrop community were like, no, 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 you can't do that because we're here because it's not Drupal. And so if you're looking at these 400,000 sites that are like, we are over Drupal, they have left us behind, we don't have a path forward, it's way too expensive, we don't like it. Coming to something that's not Drupal is really beneficial for them. And so our community is split between these like people who love Drupal and are here because it's Drupal and people who hate Drupal are here because it's not Drupal. (laughs) And so putting the name in there, I think really sways it towards only half of our community, we'd be splitting our community in the same way that, you know, Drupal 7 people got split. So yeah, I'm ambivalent on it. I mean, I do see the credibility that it would add by being a Drupal family member, but I also see, the, you know, the passion that people have for it being not Drupal. It works differently than Drupal. Decisions are made differently than Drupal. Process is different than Drupal. Development is different than Drupal. Like all of the things that are different is why they're here. Right. And it's why we're here. Right. Because we saw how Drupal, you know, Nate and I were neck deep in like Drupal Core Development. We saw how it worked and we're like, we can make some improvements on this. We're going to try something else. I don't know if they're improvements or not, but they're different. And I think that there are a lot of people who are really enjoying those differences. I'm ambivalent. (laughs) I feel like. Think about, you know, those strong feelings and the diversity of those feelings. I also always come back to think about the folks who, have no idea about nearly any of this. And, you know, they know that they might be a manager of some kind and, you know, they know that they have sites on Drupal and know that they need to move off of the version of Drupal that they're on, but maybe they've heard of Backdrop, maybe they haven't, maybe they know a little bit about what, you know, what's going on in the Drupal community, but maybe they don't, maybe they don't even, they don't have a user name on uh, a user account on drupal.org, let alone going through the backdrop issue queue or anything like that. So I'm, I'm always trying to remember when we're having these conversations, those folks as well, like there's so much inside baseball that you and I and, and everyone that we've talked to on, on this podcast know about, but that's probably not, we are not in the big portion of the, of the pie when it comes to the, the people responsible for those four, certainly the ones that are responsible for those 400,000 Drupal 7 sites. I know personally, like a handful of the Drupal 9 sites that I work on, they, the people that I work with don't make any decisions about what the platform is. Like there's people above them that made the decision, maybe people above them that made the decision. And for them, it's just like, oh, we're out of date. We need to update. And then we go, here's the estimate. And they're like, what? Right. But it isn't even like they don't understand what an update upgrade is. And why is this different from the updates we do every like there's, you know, the Drupal community is full of all of these like terminology that those of us (laughs) really deep into it understand. But from a decision maker, someone who signs the bills, that's really hard. And for them, you know, they might just be like, oh, it's going to be expensive. I'm going to put it on the back of my table and we're going to worry about it later. And they don't ever consider other options. They're just like, okay, we'll eventually get to this thing and we'll do it. Or they'll be like, okay, well, if it's going to cost this much, like how much would it cost to just build a new site, right? And sometimes they look at that in modern Drupal and then you can be like, well, we can, but then we can also migrate and you can sort of sell them on the upgrade. But sometimes they might be like, oh, it's so expensive. I'm just going to, you know, my friend does WordPress. We're just going to do that instead. And, or, you know, this other 
other part of my organization is, has a custom Laravel application or whatever it is. You know, they, yeah. they've had got experience in something else and that's what they're going to look at. And that I feel like is bad for Backdrop because they're not doing the research, right? And Backdrop doesn't have that experience for them to lean on to move over to it. But also, even if they did do the research, if they don't know why Drupal 8 is more expensive, is Backdrop going to be like appealing to those people, right? So yeah, there's definitely, it's hard hard to reach those people. Like you mentioned, there's so many more options for people right now. And I, you know, I have a, as an independent contractor, I have several clients that they were like, what should I do? And I'm like, you should try WordPress <laughs> or well, you should try uh, Wix or whatever, you know, I think that would be best for them. And it's hard for me to, you know, say goodbye to these people that maybe I've been working on sites for a decade or so. But like at the end of the day, it's better for them. Right. Yep. And so I'm, I'm happy to see them go. And so at the same, the same time, as much as I'd love to have more backdrop sites, I still feel like I have to do what's best for each client. Absolutely. And what I think that means for what we need to do is find a way to help these people make that decision. Like there's people who don't know, how do you evaluate, right? Like you're a business manager, you have an estimate on your table, but that's it. How do you, how do you know whether you can move your site to WordPress? Like I've had some of my Drupal 7 projects move, move to WordPress for other reasons and they get there and my phone rings and they're like, we don't have any of the things that we had on the Drupal 7 site. And I'm like, yeah, well, WordPress isn't really very good at that. Like we can add these things on, but like, you know, that's not really, I can direct you to some WordPress people who can help you with that, but it's totally my thing. And they're like, but this was working before. And you're like, yeah, well, you chose a system that doesn't do that. And they don't know, right? It's the same thing. So I don't know how to solve this problem because this is not a vector problem or a Drupal problem. It's like a web sphere problem. Yeah. But I do think that that's the problem we're facing is that we have all of these people that don't know what to do. They might not even know they need to do anything. When they find out they need to do something, are they going to be able to evaluate their options? I don't know. I hope we're back. I hope Backdrop's one of them. I hope Modern Drupal's one of them. I would like to see these people stay in the open source family. I still feel like Backdrop and Drupal are sort of the same family. Like most of the people in the Backdrop community also do Drupal. There are a handful of our Backdrop agencies <laughs> don't want to work in Drupal ever again. I still feel like there's a lot of collaboration and it's the, you know, I would like to see more people choose the right tool for the job. I feel like when you take a small site and put it on Drupal 8, they get mad. <laughs> I feel like if you take a really complicated site, try and put on WordPress, they get mad. And I feel like mm -hmm. there is a solution for everyone. And if we can right. get everyone onto whatever platform it is, they're going to be happiest and they're going to be most happy about the open source world if you can show them an open source product that's perfect for them. I'm hoping that of the Drupal 7 sites remaining, there are a fair number that are managed by agencies who are currently doing modern Drupal. And then they will say, we want to keep these clients and we want for all of our current enterprise clients, we want them to come to us for all of their needs. And if we can meet their needs with a smaller tool or a different model, we're going to do that too, because they already have those skills. So that's kind of where I'm seeing. Where can people find you online or find out more about Backdrop? Backdrop is at backdropcms.org. I used to say I was on Twitter. <laughs> I don't know. I am active in GitHub for Backdrop. <laughs> Backdrop itself also has a live chat system. We use Zulip, free open source chat platform. It's a lot like Slack. You can usually find me there too. Backdrop does have a Slack channel. 
I don't know what it is, but uh, we're mostly on the show notes. I will be at DrupalCon in a few short weeks in (laughs) Pittsburgh. So if you are listening to this, please come say hello. And I'd love to hear your thoughts about Drupal 7 end of life while we are in Pittsburgh together. And Jen, will you be there? I will not. Okay. Well, we will uh, miss you in Pittsburgh, but I'm sure your ears will be ringing. I hope so. Thank you so much for, for joining today. This was, this has been amazing. Of course, it was uh, fun to chat.